As I mentioned to you last Sunday, we're kicking off a campaign of our theme for this coming year, to know God and to know each other. And of course, what does that mean? I want us to this coming year to take a stronger look in the Word of God, to discover some things about the Lord and discover things in the Bible that we have not really looked at before. Then, of course, as we began to get to know one another and getting to know one's spiritual life and to recognize of how God has worked in that person's life and what brought them to our church and what brought them to be a part of the family of Kentsville Baptist. Well, I was thinking just this past week, I've been in the ministry more than 40 plus years. And I've seen people who've come and go throughout our ministry. I've seen people who've come and they get involved in the church and they get involved in carrying out responsibilities in the church. And then something happens. They just drop along by the wayside. And you wonder, what happened? Where did they go? Have you ever asked the question, whatever happened to old so-and-so? We probably all have done that. And we have found that there have been people that at was one time committed to the Lord, committed to the church, and yet they dropped along the wayside. Today, we're going to look at a a guy in the uh, New Testament. As we're doing biblical studies throughout, biblical character studies throughout the next several weeks, we're going to look at a man that you may not recognize his name immediately, but he's mentioned several times in the Bible, and his name is Demas. Demas was one of those guys that was on fire for the Lord at one moment. Very committed to the work of God. And yet something happened. He fell by the wayside. i like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Timothy. He was one of Paul's workers. And Paul makes a statement here that it was a, a very sad, tragic statement. Here in first, our Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, let's look what Paul says about David. Don't say a lot, but what he does say, it says something very major. With your Bibles open, would you stand with me in reverence of reading God's Word? The Bible says in verse 9, Be diligent to come to me quickly. He's talking to Timothy. For Demas has forsaken me. Now that's sad. But then he tells us why. Having loved this present world, has departed. Loved this present world, and he's departed. You can, can you not almost hear 
the anguish in, in the pen of the Apostle Paul. That the Apostle Paul is broken hearted. That his dear friend Demas had deserted him. We want to look at that today. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that the Spirit of God would be upon this place. Be upon your servant. And we pray, dear Lord, that the anointing and the filling of God would be upon our lives. That we might bring forth the truth. And not only that, but that we would be able to receive the truth. And then certainly abide by the truth. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for your power, for your glory. In Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. One of the worst things can happen in the life of a believer is to become a backslidden Christian. How many times have we seen where people once loved the Lord, once served the Lord, once was working for the Lord, that all of a sudden, because of the attractions of the world and of the flesh, that they began to drift away and they departed from the work of God. J.C. Riley made a statement concerning a backslidden Christian. He says, it is a miserable thing to be a backslider. Of all unhappy things that can befall a man, I suppose backsliding is the worst. A stranded ship, a broken winged eagle, a garden overrun with weeds, a harp without a strings, a church in ruins. All these are sad sights, but a backslider is a sadder sight still. Oh, how true. How true. And my friend, I want you to understand that if it can happen to a man that served God and served with the Apostle Paul like Demas, it can happen to anybody. And so therefore, I believe by studying this man's character and studying his life, that it would give us great warnings that this would never happen to us. And if it has happened to you, I pray that it will be a great time of convincing for you to come back to the way of the Lord. Now, as we look at this passage of Scripture, you... As I talked about this man by the name of Demas. The name Demas means popular. No doubt he had a good personality. No doubt he was well liked. No doubt he was a man that people received well. And he became very popular. But oh, not only was he very popular in the work of the Lord. But how would you like to be known now? Very popular in a backslidden condition. If the Bible was going to use your name and put it in in the scripture pages, 
You would not want for your name to say, He has departed. He has left. And He has forsaken. For the love of the world. You go back into the scriptures in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. The Apostle Paul speaks of demons. I mean, speaks of Demas. Philemon chapter 1 verse 24. It talks about Philemon was a fellow worker. A co-worker. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 9. He gives us these terrible, terrible, tragic words. That he has departed from me. He has left me. What I'd like for us to do today, I'd like for us to look at this man's life, Demas. And I'd like for you to look along with me of three different characteristics of Demas. First of all, I want us to go back to what the Apostle Paul speaks about of Demas' devotion. The story of devotion. Let's begin to look of where Demas had come to a point and come to a place in life of where he was very devoted to the cause of Christ. As I mentioned to you earlier in Philemon chapter 1 verse 24, Paul speaks of Demas as my fellow co-worker. My fellow worker. And so... As just by the mentioning that he was the Apostle Paul's fellow worker. It immediately begins to tell us that he was very devoted to the work that the Apostle Paul was devoted to. Now we know the Apostle Paul was probably no doubt one of the greatest Christians that have ever lived. The Apostle Paul was a man that was so sincere, so devoted, that he was completely sold out. And so as you think about the Apostle Paul, to even mention Demas as a fellow worker, you began to notice how valuable Demas was. So, the first thing that I I see as I look at the Apostle Paul, and as he speaks of Demas, of Paul's assessment of Demas' walk. Now, when you follow Paul in his missionary journey, he was very sincere. And not only was he sincere about the missionary journey, he was sincere about the ones that went with him. Demas, no doubt, must have been a fellow preacher, a fellow church planter, a fellow missionary. He was an individual that walked side by side in the footsteps as well in the life of the Apostle Paul. Now, if you know anything about the Apostle Paul, you know he's not going to just take anybody with him on a missionary journey. He's only going to take the sincere. I can imagine that the Apostle Paul would go to the Jerusalem Gazette and say, and put out an ad, anybody who wants to go on a missionary journey, come and meet me at 11 o'clock in the morning at the town square. And all that come, he would go. Of course, he would never do that. 
He would examine one's life very carefully to make sure that they were sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? For an example, you remember John Mark. John Mark went on a missionary journey with the Apostle Paul and he quit in the middle of that missionary journey. And he went back home to Mama. And the Bible tells us that later on in another missionary journey, John Mark wanted to go with the Apostle Paul. And Paul would not allow him to go. In fact, if you remember, Paul got in a great argument with his friend Silas over John Mark. That I'm not going to allow him to go because he has proven that he's a quitter. Not so with demons here. The assessment that the Apostle Paul in the life of of Demas was that he was a man of devotion. A man of devotion. Totally, completely sold out. But not only the assessment of the Apostle Paul, but the appreciation that the Apostle Paul had of Demas. Perhaps Demas was Paul's right-hand man. Paul depended upon Demas. They preached together. They witnessed together. They planted churches together. And Paul had such an appreciation for this dear man. So you sense that appreciation as... He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. God's fellow workers. We have come together as a team of God working for the glory of God. My friend, the Apostle Paul realized, and every pastor must realize, that no man is an island. And that as we come together in a church body, that there are so many needs and that we come together as fellow workers together. God has called some of you to be teachers of the Word of God. And you stand faithfully week after week after week teaching the Word of God. What are you doing? You're coming as a fellow worker with your pastor and with others carrying out the work of God. Some of you are ushers or greeters or you work in other organizations. And what you are, you are a fellow worker. And when you do not fulfill your responsibility, the body and the work of God goes hurting. His devotion is seen. Demas' devotion is seen both with his walk with the Lord and with his work for the glory of God. I remember reading about Wendell Wickey asked President Franklin Roosevelt. He said, Why do you keep that frail, sickly man, Harry Hopkins, at your elbow?" And I remember the response of President Franklin Roosevelt. 
And he said, Mr. Wilkie, through that door flows daily an incessant stream of men and women who almost invariably are always wanting something from me. He said, but, Mr. Hopkins, he's at my side because he doesn't want anything from me. He only wants to serve me. My friend, I wonder if God feels that way sometimes. All they want is something from me. When they really, what God is wanting is for somebody to say, all I want is to serve you, God. To serve you. And to know that God has called you to the place that He has appointed you. But very sadly, very sadly, something happened in the life of Demas. I don't know exactly how it happened. I don't know exactly where it happened. I don't know exactly when it happened. But something happened in the life of Demas to change. How can a man who loved the Lord with all of his heart, with all of his mind, and with all of his soul, how can a man who works for the glory of God all of a sudden changes? And he departs and leaves the work of God and leaves the walk of God. That brings me to my second thing. Not only the devotion that we see in Demas' life, but I want you to notice the desertion. Demas was a deserter. How thrilling it is to read Philippians chapter 1 verse 24 when Paul says that he is one of my fellow workers, one of my co-workers for the work of God. But how tragic it is you turn and you read over to 2 Timothy And you began to read the scriptures that we read today in chapter 4, verse 10. Demas has forsaken me. Demas has departed. What a tragedy. You notice, first of all, he left the work of God. He left the work of God. As a fellow worker, Demas had been involved in God's work. Not only the work of the Apostle Paul, but most importantly, that he was leaving the work of God. Demas is what you would know of today as a spiritual deserter. He left his post. Article 85. And the Uniform Code of the Military Justice defines desertion this way. Being absent from the unit without authority, with the intent to remain away permanently, or being absent with the intent to avoid hazardous duty or shriek important service. Does that sound familiar to 
a lot of Christians today. They've left without authority. They're shrinking their responsibility. They're avoiding the duty that God had called them to be a part of. See, Demas did not only desert the Apostle Paul, as bad as that was. Most importantly, he deserted God. Deserted his Lord. He had abandoned his post. I found it interesting, during the Civil War, desertion was quite rampant. In fact, in the Union Army, more than one out of seven men would desert their responsibility. The Confederate Army was not quite as bad, but it was one out of ten. Desertion. As I was reading about that the other day, I came across a man by the name of Hiram F. Eastman. Hiram F. Eastman, he was a member of a company A of the 4th Virginia Cavalier during the Civil War. On his epitaph was this. Company A enlisted 42361 Deserter. Man. How would you like to have that on your epitaph? Deserter. He deserted his post. He deserted his responsibility. And he is known throughout one thing. Desertion. He left the work of God. Demas did. But not only did Demas leave the work of God, Demas limited the work of God. Now you think about it for a moment. The Bible says in verse 9, as Paul was writing to Timothy, he said, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. You know what he was saying? Timothy, I need you. I've left empty-handed When Demas left, I have no one to turn to. Come as soon as possible. He was limited the work of God. No doubt, Paul had relied on Demas for a number of things. And now those things are going to go in a manner of a way that no one's going to carry out those responsibilities. He needed help. My friend, do you realize when we have classes that does not have Sunday school teachers, that that work goes on, that work goes without being fulfilled. It's so important that we recognize the needs that is before us and then fulfill the calling that God has called us to. 
Martin Luther was one of my heroes. Martin Luther had a friend by the name of Myconus. And when Martin Luther felt the call of God to go and to literally shake the world with the gospel, Myconus was said to Martin Luther, I'll stay behind and I'll pray for you diligently. One particular day, my conscience, in the night he had a dream. And he saw in his dream all these white dots. And he looked carefully and they were sheep. And they were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sheep and only had one shepherd. And God spoke to him and said, my conscience, that Martin Luther needs help. He woke from that dream and he went to Martin Luther and he told Martin Luther, he said, He began to describe that dream to Martin Luther and he said, I woke up that morning and I said, Lord, here am I. Send me. And he arose and went with Martin Luther to continue the work. For the sheep must have a shepherd. The sheep must have a shepherd to tend to the sheep and to take care of the sheep. Do you realize the importance of every role that this church has as far as leaders and workers. I cannot emphasize enough of the importance of the workers that we have within this church. You think about the number of people that is involved in upward basketball or in Awana's or in Sunday school, or in the choir. I honestly believe that every single person in the church ought to be a worker. And that they ought to be doing something because without it, my friend, the work will go undone. My conscience realized that Martin Luther could not do it by himself. The pastor and the staff cannot do it by themselves. What an encouragement it is as I go to the hospital and visit someone and to find out that one of our deacons has already been there. What an encouragement when there's been a death within the church and there's been a care group leader there and has ministering to that family. Oh, my friend. Had a brother tell me just a few moments ago, said, you know, this is a great church for the way that they minister to you in a time of need. And that is so true. Because if you did not fulfill that responsibility, my friend, the work would go undone. Demas was a deserter. So we looked at two things, have we not? We looked at the devotion of Demas. Very devoted, but something happened. He deserted. 
What caused that? The Apostle Paul gives us a hint. And that's why I bring to you the third characteristic of this story. The story of distraction. Somehow Demas got distracted. How can a man, a woman, a boy, a girl be faithful to the Lord and faithful to the work of God and then all of a sudden they abandon their post? What happens? I think what happens to many is exactly what happened to Demas. First of all, there was the fascination of earthly things. The fascin- fascination of earthly things. There was a story that was told of a deserter. That he was captured and he was brought back to his general. And the general gave him a whiplashing. And he said something like this, You have betrayed your country. And the man said, I did not mean to betray my country. I love my country. I give my life for my country. He said, but I deserted because I hated the enemy so much that I could not stand to see their face. Well, my friend, I want you to understand. The enemy is the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Demas did not hate the enemy, but he loved the enemy. And that's what happens. The enemy will begin to dangle before you earthly attractions. Dangle before you. The Bible says that Demas laughed for the love of this present world. When the Apostle Paul said world, what did he mean? He was not talking about the planet. The Holman Bible Dictionary describes what the world is. It says all that is hostile, rebellious, and that is opposed of God. That's the world. That's what's happened. So many Christians today live so close to the world that they become attracted. They've been flirted by the world. And they have been lured by the world. And by being lured, they leave their post and they go into the world. And they become someone... That you hardly even recognize. The charms and the delights of this world is overwhelming sometimes if you're not careful. That's why you better not sit too close, my friend, to the world. That's why you better stay at arm's length from the world. Because the world is attractive. And it opposes the things of God. And my friend, the Bible reminds us 
about that very thing. And John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know what? Demas lost his first love. And now he is having and involved in what is known today, a spiritual affair with the world. And that affair has literally strangled him and destroyed his testimony. So we notice that the fascination of earthly things. But also, I believe, Demas began to forget eternal things. My friend, Demas was in love, but he was in love with the wrong things. And by being in love with the wrong things, he no longer loved that which was spiritual, but that which was sensual. He no longer loved that which was eternal, but those things that was earthly, temporal. And that he got so involved with the worldly things, he had no room for God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot. But some people think they can have a hand in the world and a hand in God. My friend, God says you can't serve two masters. You either love one and hate the other. If you love the world, you cannot love God at the same time. First John tells us if a man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So it all boils down to that. Where's your heart? What has distracted you? What is attracting you? Did you not realize that you're serving for eternal purposes? When I began to think about what God has called me to do, my friend, it's not just for this hour, but it's for the hour to come as I seek the face of the Lord. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Here's Demas standing before the Lord Jesus Christ. And instead of hearing words like this, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Hearing words like this, You left me. You departed from me. You love the world more than you love me. Why? Why? The Bible says we're to live in the world, but not of the world. I think about a submarine. You think about a submarine. 
It's in the water, but the water's not in it. My friend, we as believers, we live in this world. And we're going to be constantly, constantly bombarded. Why? As the world will try to attract us. You're in the world, but the world is not to be in you. You're like that submarine. You're maneuvering through the waters. And one day, not to be touched by the affairs of the water of the world, but that you come to shore, standing before the Lord Jesus Christ one day, and He looks at you. And I believe the most blessed words that one's ears would ever hear. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been my co-worker. You've been my co-laborer for these years. My friend Demas is a word of warning. His whole character describes to us what can happen if you ever get your eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ and onto the world. Lord Jesus, thank you for reminding us today through the life of Demas of a man that once was very faithful, but then he departed. Lord, I may be talking to someone here today. They once served you. There was a time that they gave their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. They were baptized. They were on fire for the Lord. And yes... They were working and serving you, but something happened. The attractions of the world became overwhelming. And they began to drift, 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 drift away. But Lord, I'm so grateful that you are a merciful God. A God of grace and a God of mercy. And just like that prodigal son that who went into a far country, that he came to himself, the Bible says, and he came home, came back to his father. I pray that today that will happen in the lives of people that are under the sound of my voice. Who've drifted away. I pray dear Lord. That this message had become. A message of warning. That we will protect ourselves. From becoming. So distracted. That we'd leave the. Work of God. And the will of God. Lord there may be someone here today. And they're out in the world, but they've never come to know you. 
And today would be a day of salvation if they would just completely give their heart to you. And I pray, dear Lord, that will be what will take place. In Jesus' name.